Welcome to the Booze-Filled, Spirit-Filled podcast with Jamel Godlewski. In this episode, we're going to talk about all these random questions and things about Christianity, differences, similarities, and do any of them really matter? Have you ever thought about how so many churches believe so many different things and yet they're all considered Christian? I mean, growing up, I never thought about it because I didn't know any different. I attended my grandma's church growing up a few times and I knew they were different enough in the sense of, if I remember right, all the women wore skirts and some of them had like a little head covering type of thing. But growing up, I didn't really, I didn't really think anything about churches being different. I mean, for heaven's sakes, I honestly thought there was just a Bible. I didn't know there were even multiple translations of the Bible. By the way, we're not going to get into that today. But as I have grown and gotten older, I have wondered, like I grew up in the Methodist church. So why in my church do we sprinkle people for baptisms? And it's when they're babies. But then in other churches, they donkey in a river. But like, why? Like, why are there so many differences? And does it matter? Does it matter how you're baptized? Does that really matter? And then I have the question of, do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? Well, what about people that are baptized when they're an infant? And then like later on in their life, they go berserko and they end up being like murderers or something. And then can you be rebaptized? Well, let me, let me share a little bit of what I know from my theology classes and a little bit about what I believe. In the Christian world, most Protestant denominations, now if you're not sure what that means, basically there's Eastern Orthodox and Catholic and then there's Protestant. So Protestant would be like your Lutherans, Presbyterians, Methodists, Reformed, yada, 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 yada. We're everything but Catholic and we're not Eastern Orthodox. So we're the majority, okay? But we're all Christian. So in the, in the Protestant church, most at this point practice that it's not a baptism when you're an infant. It's more of a dedication. And the parents are dedicating their baby to the church. And by doing that, they're saying, we're going to raise our son or daughter in the church, like with Christian values. In the Catholic church, they baptize as infants. In, in all of Christianity, baptism is a sacrament. I'm not going to go into the details about what sacraments are, but I'll tell you, they're usually pretty important in the Christian faith. Let me say this clearly. A sacrament is not vital 
to being saved or even considering yourself a Christian, or if you think to go to heaven, depending on what like lingo you use, you don't have to go through any sacrament. In the Bible, it says, if you confess with your lips and if you believe in your heart, that's it. But we practice these sacraments. So baptism is basically the idea that you are making a public declaration that you are accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And by being sprinkled or being immersed, you are doing exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was baptized and he never sinned. But for us, we're being baptized. So when, we, when we're sprinkled or when we're immersed, it's like we're going down into the water. We're being washed of our sins. We're, we're burying our sin in our old life. And when we come out of the water, we have new life. We're a new creation. And when Jesus did that, a dove that we believe represented the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And that was when he was able to start living Jesus as Jesus doing ministry. So is it, does it make a difference if you are sprinkled or immersed? My personal opinion, no, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't have to do it at all, to be honest. It's a public display. Now, we're, there are people that would argue that, well, what about babies? I mean, they're not making any choice in being baptized. We really, in my classes in college, have not studied like why Catholics believe infants should be baptized and Protestants usually dedicate babies, but then baptize when they're older. So I'm not going to speak to the why for the Catholics. And I'm not going to speak on the, you know, there are theological debate as to once saved, always saved. Like, what if you go berserko? Are you still saved? Are you still a Christian? Are you still going to heaven? This is this is what I've come up with, everybody. That's between that human being and God. And only God knows every human being's heart. Period. Maybe even exclamation point. So I don't know. Can you be rebaptized? Well, let me tell you, in my experience... I was baptized as a baby in the Methodist church. And then when I had my daughter, I followed suit. I baptized my daughter. So that was 2005 was when my daughter was born. As I grew in my faith, I actually ended up switching churches, although I still consider the Methodist church my home, quote unquote, air quote, church. So um, one of my mentors, Russ Hepler, kind of guided me in some scripture and listening to some um, pastors and theologians. And over a span of a couple of years, I decided I wanted to be immersed and I wanted to make a public declaration of my faith. And so I was rebaptized. I was immersed. Obviously, we don't immerse babies. And I talked to my mom and dad about it and they were totally supportive. And my daughter then also, maybe a year after that, she decided 
she wanted to be immersed and rebaptized as well. People argue about it. It doesn't mean that one's wrong or right. It doesn't mean that um, you can't go to heaven if you're not baptized. It doesn't mean the one church is wrong or right. It's just a sacrament in the Bible following Jesus's example that many people practice. What about communion? Do you know what communion is? So communion would be when you go to church and some churches have little, little baby shot glasses of grape juice. And they usually have, usually have like, I don't know what you want to call it, like a little wafer of cracker, right? Some churches, you some have a chalice of grape juice, and then you would actually take a piece of chunk of bread out of a larger loaf of bread. That, that changed a lot with COVID, by the way. Some of them use wine instead of grape juice. And um, the Catholic and, and Lutheran um, world and in Eastern Orthodox, they call it the Eucharist. And why do some people do this every week? Some churches do it monthly, some every once in a while. Why wine? Why not wine? And once again, do you have to do this to go to heaven? No, no, you don't. Again, Catholics um, would believe this is a very vital sacrament for people to take. It is more than just remembering the last supper that Jesus had on earth as a human being. When he broke the bread and passed it around to his disciples and said, do this in remembrance of me, eat this in remembrance of me. I'm not going to go into whole like theological historical background, but then he passed a chalice of wine, drink this in remembrance of me. So Catholics would view those quite a bit differently than us in the Protestant world. And they believe that we are continuing like to be presently, I don't know if the word is saved or transformed. I don't know how to phrase it but that is very important to partake in this weekly, daily, but very, very often. Um, it is the largest part of their mass. That's what their Sunday or Saturday or Wednesday or whatever services are called. It's very, it's the central point. It is, it is very important. Um, most other churches uh, once a month and then other churches just every once in a while. Um, does it matter if you use wine or grape juice? It doesn't matter if I'm wrong or you don't, you don't agree with that. That's great. Um, and some churches will, will also do what's called a foot washing. So on the last night that Jesus was alive, the night before he went and was crucified on the cross, he got his disciples together because it was the night to celebrate Passover. But on that same night that they ate the bread and drank the wine, um, he washed all of his disciples' feet, which was a true sign of humility and servanthood. So back then, obviously, people had sandals. Their feet would get really dirty. So when you went to someone's house, the servant many times would come and wash off your feet. So for Jesus to do this was... It was, it didn't make sense, but he said, you know, our job is to serve one another. The, to be the greatest of these, you really need to be the least of these. 
So leaders should really be taking roles as servants and serving one another. And he again said, you know, practice my example, do my, I'm, I'm showing you how to do this for the future. Many, many people do not practice foot washing. I have been a part of foot washing um, services per se, and they can be very impactful and very spiritual. Um, and as a matter of fact, they're very, they're very hard to describe. All right. So we've covered baptism. What about baptism? What about communion? What about Catholics and Protestants? So I kind of brought this up earlier. Catholics are Christian. So, you know, way back when it was just Jesus, they were the Jews. And then they became really Jewish Christians because they practiced their, their Jewish traditions, but they believed that Jesus Christ was the Savior. The Savior is talked about in the Old Testament that there is going to be a Messiah that's going to come and, and save us. And they don't mean in the form of a king. They mean like he's going to redeem us to how he meant for us to be when he really first created. So um, Catholics are Christian. They do believe that. Um, Eastern Orthodox people are Christian. Protestant are Christian. What would be the difference? Martin Luther was a Catholic. And during his time, there was a lot of weird things kind of going on that he didn't agree with. And one of them was that really only priests read the Bible because it was only in, I think, Greek at that time. So nobody like you and I could read it. And he didn't think that was right. He thought everybody should be able to read the Bible. That was one of his things. Another one was being able to confess to one another and not necessarily a priest. And another one was in the Catholic church, you had to confess to the priest and you had to do penance for your sin, but they were kind of buying their, buying them off. And so he disagreed and he kind of broke away from the Catholic church. And that was the beginning of the Protestant group. Now he didn't say, I'm going to form Protestants. That term was then later on given to it because he was protesting the Catholic church and their traditions. And so obviously from there, it just kind of kept going on and on and on and on forever and ever. Amen. Where people just keep breaking off in the Christian world, forming denominations, churches, and whatnot. So I said earlier that, you know, Jesus was a Jew. And then as people believe that he was the Messiah, they were really Jewish Christian. So the Orthodox Jew, Jewish people today, and even then, there were many Jews that did not and still do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So those Jews are not considered a Christian. I mean, the whole idea of being considered a Christian is that you believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that he came to earth and human form and that he died for our sin and he rose again to give us new life. That is what it means to be a Christian. Jewish people do not believe that. Um, Jehovah Witnesses do not believe that. Mormons do not believe that. Now, some of them might read 
the Bible and portions of the Bible, but they don't necessarily believe that Jesus was the Messiah. The religion of Islam, they believe in Jesus. We know that Jesus, the human being, really existed, but they just believe he was a prophet. So that's kind of the difference between Catholics, Protestants, and in general, what it means to be a Christian. So can people intermarry? And I just say that because that just sounds weird. But in some Christian traditions, especially Catholic and Eastern Orthodox, um, they would not look favorably, per se, in marrying outside your tradition. So they might not support a Catholic marrying a Protestant. Um, they might ask the Protestant to become Catholic. That is usually what happens. Or the Catholic then just doesn't get married in the Catholic church, but he just get, he still gets married to someone that's a Protestant. It's just not in the Catholic church. Um, and, and for sure in the Jewish tradition, they are not Christian. So they definitely do not marry outside of the Jewish tradition. Man, we're covering a lot. I just want to cover two more things. Music. Music is like a big thing right now. I remember when churches 20-something years ago started singing more like guitar and, you know, different songs other than the organ hymns. That was like controversial. Doesn't really matter. My opinion. No, God has gifted us with creativity and part of that is music. And in the Bible, it says, to sing hymns and psalms to glorify God. So I believe that any kind of music that is glorifying to him and speaking about him or, or I mean, I, I just don't think it matters. But I'm telling you right now, a lot of people do think it matter. You don't have to agree with me. And that's okay. And then the last thing is what I have learned for sure in my theology class is there is a whole spectrum of people that are Christian that hold a variety of different beliefs. Because you remember what definition I gave you to be Christian. They all agree on that. But then how they practice that is widely different. I'm not going to, I do, this sounds like I'm comparing it to politics, but I want you to pretend that that's not what that word means. So there are conservative Christians, traditionalists, maybe people would even use the word fundamentalists. That would be what we would say, maybe more strict. Okay. And then there would be liberals that are not as strict, but all of us, listen carefully, all of us can be Christian. I mean, take a deep breath, take a deep breath, breathe out. And we can all get along in the name of Jesus. Mic drop, right? Wouldn't that be nice? But I'm telling you, theologically, we all use the same scripture to back up what we practice, what we focus on, what we don't focus on, blah, 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 blah. But we all agree on what it means to be a Christian. So to me, that's the primary and everything else is just secondary and beyond 
And if you have any other questions about any of this stuff, please feel free to get a hold of me and um, I'll try to answer them. So as I end this episode, I mean, I tried to cover quite a few things in a short amount of time, but in this spectrum of Christianity, although, you know, conservative to liberal is where you see denominations. What's that mean? Well, that's the next episode. I hope you've learned a little bit from today. Like I said, if you have a question or you want to know more, um, I do have a YouTube channel that you can look some stuff up. And I, I make some videos there of messages that I give that are a little more in detail on different topics. On my website, jamelgodlewski.com, you can contact me on there. You'll see my email, how to contact me. You can follow me on Instagram and you can follow me on Facebook, Jamel Godlewski, Jesus lover. Give me what you got, questions or criticisms. I can take it. So I'm in Northeast Indiana and one day here we've had snow and then the next day we've had 60 and we got to mow our yard. I don't know where you're at in the world or in your life. Um, I hope you are seeking God and, and trying to grow in your spiritual walk. I hope you're enjoying life. Have fun. I love to have fun. But I really hope you are loving yourself and taking care of yourself. Until the next episode where we talk about all these different churches. Stay safe, everybody. Everybody.